Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Everybody, how are you? This is Parks and Recollection again. Yes, and I am one of your hosts, Jim O'Hare, better known as Gary, Larry, Jerry, Terry, or Barry. Uh, and sitting, well, across from me, really not next to me, though you're always in my heart, like mm. you're right with me, mm. is... Hi, I'm Craig. <laughs> <laughs> it's I feel a, like our voices are so different. Like yours and mine? Uh, yeah, like I feel I'm very loud and obviously obnoxious. And yours is very— I can confirm both of those yeah, things. I'm sure you yeah, you have every right to. Yours is more uh, adult. Oh, my God. Yes, I feel yours That's, is— I really appreciate you saying that because I, um, I, I recently turned 40. I have a child. I have another child on the way. Like real soon. Like real soon. <laughs> yes. Um, and yet I don't—I still feel like a little boy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well— but you know what? I I just turned uh, thirty. Uh, 30 okay, sixty one, and I still feel like an idiot. You know, like it, it, yeah, age. Yeah. I don't know. It, I, and I look in the mirror, and it's like, what the hell is going on? I um recently uh I was having a lower back stuff, and yeah. I went to an orthopedist, and uh, they're like, all right, well, let's do a scan or two, and they did the MRI, and I came back in, and he comes in, he says, you know, I have to tell you. If I knew nothing about you and I just saw this image in front of me, I would have thought this was the back of like a 55-year-old. Really? And there's something about a doctor saying to yeah. you. That's, yeah. Yeah, that, and he pretty much said to me, and I appreciate bluntness, especially in medicine. Yeah, so in medicine, I think it's, it's needed. You need to know yes. the truth about things. And he said, you have coasted long enough on doing no exercise. <laughs> It's time for you to actually step up. Wow. And um, I appreciated that. Um, I'll do it soon enough. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Not today, but soon enough. Soon enough. So you just turned 40, you're saying. That's right. Which brings me to something I was going to mention. Oh, no. I what? went to a 40th birthday party, and the fans will be happy to hear this, of our boy Aziz. Oh, wow. Yes, Aziz Ansari uh, turned 40, and he had a birthday party. And it was super fun on many, many, many levels. Um uh, as far as the cast goes, our fearless leader, Amy, was there. Uh, Rashida was there. Retta was there. Uh, Aziz showed up, which was oh, nice. nice. That that's was convenient. nice. Yes. And then, of course, the star of the night, I was there. Mm. Uh, no, but it was great. Um, Mike Shore, we got to see Mike Shore, co-creator of this show. The reason we're even sitting here today is because of someone like Mike Shore. Anyway, so it was a wonderful night. And it turned out it was actually on the party was on the exact date of Rashida's birthday. So... Um, Aziz's wife had come out. We all stopped and sang happy birthday. And then Aziz goes, but today is Rashida's birthday. You know how mm, Aziz can do that. Yeah. And then we all sang happy birthday to Rashida. And it, it was very sweet. His parents were there, uh, Aziz's parents. What a great night. And of course, you know, Amy and Rashida and Retta and Aziz, just anytime I'm around that crowd, it, it's just, um, it's like old times. And you know, when you put Retta and I in a room, oh boy. it's like no time has passed oh, yeah. at all. I mean, Retta and I are, we were always tight, you know, because uh, we came into the show 
both not knowing what was going to happen. Mm. Neither one of us were series regulars at first. And so it was that kind of thing. But anyway, I've taken enough time. No, we no, do have to talk a, about this yeah. episode. No, it's, a, it's a great – no, that's, that's awesome. Happy birthday to Aziz. Happy birthday to Aziz. And I think that the fans, you know um, – yeah. The thing that people have to understand about Parks and Rec. You have to. You have to. And I'll say it. I've probably said it already, and I'll continue to say it. It wasn't bullshit when it came to everybody getting along. Mm. Every, You know, um, we had Mike Shore handling the offices and all of you guys, and he Thank doesn't he play games. Us. Yes. And we had Amy handling, you know, she was our queen. Yep. And um, that's just how it was. And so we're still all like in love with each other. And um, anyway, it was great to see them. Oh, great that's to great. See them. That's great. Just wanted well, to share my little story. No, that's What'd great. What'd you do? Change well, a diaper? Okay. Good times. <laughs> my own? Good times. No. <laughs> Hello. I have a kid. I have changed a diaper. No, you're, you're hobnobbing. You're doing like, you're playing like Aziz party bingo, like trying to cross <laughs> off all the fun people you see. And I'm like, what? How many yeah. diaper changes have I had done at home that night? Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you and I have had, lives. had equal nights. Different lives. Um, well, we should talk about this episode that brings us to the table. One today. of the great, one of the great oh episodes. I mean, I, I, you know, that's another thing I say all the time. We one should of the talk greats. about when they're one of the worst ones, just so people <laughs> understand how we actually feel about some of these. Exactly. But it's true. We're talking today about a Ron and Tammy episode, and we'll get into the specifics of it, but every time it's a Tammy type episode, and this is a whole other type of Tammy episode. Oh, yeah. They are special because we have this, we have a character comedy series, right? You get to love these characters. You love what they do. And when you take them out of what they normally do and you make them different, it is wild. And we do that with Ron yes. every time. And we're doing that today in today's episode. It's episode two of season four. It's Ron and Tammy's Written by Norm Hiscock. Love Norm Hiscock. No, love Norm Shout Hiscock. out Norm. Um, side, I don't know, this popped in my head, but I'll never forget. We had badges made for us at, on the lot when we shot the CBS Radford lot, you know, so we can go in and out. Come and go. Come and go. Go in and out. And uh, Norm said Norn. <laughs> and I don't know why that's Norn. so funny. It's, <laughs> it is. It's like yeah. a, the name Norm has become Norn. Anyway, Norn Hiscock wrote this, and it was directed by Randall Einhorn, and it originally aired on September 29th, 2011. And we should hear a little blurb. And Jim, you well, want to blurb us? I, I'm going to blurb you. Uh, Ron's first ex-wife, Tammy One, which amazing, re-enters his life and tries to control his every move. Meanwhile, Ben helps Tom balance the books at his new company, Entertainment 720. And Anne makes a PSA with help from Chris. Uh, so much in this episode. Like, so really, much in this so episode. much in this episode. Patricia Clarkson, who got to play uh, the Tammy Oh, Tammy, Tammy I mean, Patricia Clarkson oh, is in this gosh. episode. First of all, she's an amazing actor. Amazing. She does comedy, drama. She does it all. But her... You know, because when we're watching, you know, we're redoing these episodes, we're rewatching them. Her every move is oh, so yes. planted and so planned. She has total control of everything. Well, I think about in the first Ron and Tammy episode in season two, when Ron and Tammy have like that um, makeout session at the, uh, oh. at the diner, and then <laughs> yes. they go run into the the motel, and everything. She's like, taking her clothes going, off, but everything's crazy. They are like a wild. Animals, those two Animals. together. And here is Tammy One as this this controlled, hyper-specific, every move of mine is thought out type of person. And it's so fun to see how that person impacts Ron. Which, um, it, it, though I will tell you, I've never been more um, creeped out, I guess. Is mm. that the right way? To see Ron like that. Because sure. we know yeah. Ron, me man, me me stone man, I can yeah. do anything, yeah. and he is totally oh, controlled yeah. He's neutered. by this little. Yeah, she, you know, she couldn't weigh one hundred and fifteen pounds. Yeah. She's this little, yeah. blonde uh, burst of craziness. Well, we're gonna get into that. I know we are. I know. I know. Well, I'm probably jumping. Well, speaking of how Ron changes, this is the only episode where Ron Swanson's signature mustache is fully shaved off. Yeah, he does. <laughs> remember, lose parts of it in previous episodes, like. In the fireball in Little Sebastian at the end of season three. Yes. And um, <laughs> from rubbing off from friction with Tammy Two. <laughs> um, Brilliant. And this is going to be the first and only episode to feature Ron's mother, Tamara Tammy Swanson, played by the great Paula Pell. Paula oh Pell. my God. 
is one of yes. the funniest yes, people, people yes. out there. And if I, uh, can I interject with another? <laughs> Was she also story? at Aziz's party? No, go on. Anyway, Aziz's party, because I mean, literally, yeah, every, if everybody yeah, was there. Yeah. Anyone who ever worked on that show, even for Crafty was there, like yeah. everybody was there. It seems like somebody was missing, but okay. No, no, actually, I said to myself, wow, this was no the perfect, is this is the yeah. perfect guest list. Um, no, so season, um, it could be season four. I don't know exactly when it happened, but Amy says to us, we got a call from uh, Fallon's people, and it was when Glee was the big thing, oh, the TV yes. show Glee. Yes. So, uh, and they want us to do a, like a sing-off between Parks and Rec and the Fallon show. So anyway, we all go to New York. It was so much fun. The reason I bring it up is Paula played on Fallon's team. Oh, that's and right. She, so you guys, if you want, go to YouTube and look up Parks and Rec, Fallon Glee. Glee. It's really funny. It's so I I I think it's a I've actually watched that more times than I want to admit. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's really fun. There's and just a lot of happy people. So much fun. But Paula, because I had never known Paula, and Amy has been a dear friend of Paula's forever because of SNL and when they write together. And anyway, so but Paula in this playing Ron's mother is just so let's talk about it. Let's talk let's about talk this about episode. It. Let's do it. Let's open up our synopsis and begin. Leslie is preparing for the Battle Royale. Big. <laughs> a big <laughs> meeting between all departments where they argue over funding. Ron's intimidating presence and libertarian beliefs are pivotal for the Parks Department to succeed in getting more funds over other departments. But he is too busy preparing for his upcoming tax audit served to him by his first ex-wife, Tammy One, played by, as we talked about, Patricia Clarkson. Leslie, Andy, and April help Ron, but discover he has few actual receipts. <laughs> he does, however, have large amounts of gold that he has buried all over Pawnee. Yeah. And as Ron will say right to the camera, income tax is illegal. Yes. <laughs> like he <laughs> yeah. literally said, yeah. so this is wrong. This is how, I, yes, income tax is illegal. Illegal. I, and that's interesting thought. And it, but also I love, if you notice, right after he says that they cut to Leslie who does a look to the camera with a like, eh. like uh, it was almost like correcting him. Like, yeah. eh, well, uh, uh, nobody like at home keep thinking this is a bad. <laughs> yeah, like this, I'm worried about you. Yes, right? this is yeah, not a yeah, fact. Yeah, yeah. It's not legal. Um, I want to call it one little thing we don't talk about in that synopsis, which is that in the cold open, when Andy runs back in with his Rolodex, oh. thinking it's a calculator, cracked me up. I forgot about that joke and I looked in the script. It wasn't in the script. I don't know if that was a moment on set who came up with it, but it's always fun to see how this like puppy dog, golden retriever Andy yes. is going to react to normal, real reality happening around him. I love that moment. Because Amy has sent him off with a task. Right. And he's and proud. He's and happy. He's like, like, give he's me like something a little to dog. Do. He's like, go get that yeah. thing. And you come back and like, I have that thing. And like, that's the exact opposite of the thing. <laughs> what I, he had to roll the decks. Oh, God bless him. Um, so let's talk about Tammy One's presence in Ron's life. Yeah. I mean, first of all, Ooh. she delivered him as a baby. <laughs> she was his teacher. I think math teacher. She took his virginity. You know, all normal oh, things. Normal. Absolutely normal. Yeah. And you talked about this, Jim. You teased it. Like, she is, she's blonde. And Ron talks about dating brunettes. Oh, yeah. We've always known that. Yeah. And so there's interesting. He, Tammy One was so impactful in a negative way to Ron that he says, I will forevermore not date blondes because they're too much like Tammy. Yeah. Yeah. Huge impact. She scarred him for life. Yes. She scarred him for life. Uh, also, my favorite thing, uh, when he's discussing what she did to him, the different reactions from Leslie, yes, uh, 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 Andy, and April, all Leslie is absolutely disgusted. Yeah. Andy's like, oh, yeah. cool. And April, of course, is loving that this monster of a woman exists. Yes, like yes. Like that to her, that's the best. Yeah, I love, I actually love April in this episode. And, and Aubrey plays it so well. They're so small. You don't notice some of these things. For example, when Tammy, one, enters Ron's office, when Leslie, Andy, and April are working on the receipts, April consciously kind of sits up straight, <laughs> right? And in the last episode, and I'm Leslie Nope, when we meet Tammy, one, you might recall, she tells April sit up straight, you're not doing your breasts any favors. And I like the fact that, like, we don't call it out, but Aubrey and playing it, April remembered that. Yeah. And here, Tammy One comes, and almost without thinking, just like, all right, I'm sitting up straight. Um, I also 
I, I just want to call it out before I forget. I also love what April has to say about Tammy One when she says she's the cold, distant mother I never had. I love her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> April has probably this warm, loving woman who would do anything for her. Yes. No, that's that's not what April needs. No, no, no. I mean, it's what she needed, but yeah, this is what she wanted. And also, how great, how, because, you know, when I think of Leslie, I think of this, you know, powerhouse. Nobody can keep her down. Well, Tammy One just yeah. terrified her yeah. when she first walked in that room. I mean, to the point where, I mean, what is, I, I wrote it down here, something where she says, uh, I don't think there'll be another need for you to talk, mm. like, while I'm here. Yes, she silenced her. She silenced Leslie. Yeah. That's pretty big. It is. You don't see Leslie that uh, shook in general, especially, I mean, Tammy, too, has this other power over her. She hates, obviously, the fact that she's at the library. She sees her as this evil succubus. Right. Right? But Tammy, one, is like, it's like if a Dementor, like a Harry Potter Dementor walked into the room, right? Yeah. It's like, I, by looking at you, can suck your soul out. Yes. <laughs> but she had that feeling. Yeah. Even, yeah, our, yeah. even watching it, yeah. it's like, damn, Patricia, you bringing it. I know, I know. And when she says... At the end of that get-together right there, Leslie's like, I know, but we have this big meeting we have to go to, blah, blah, blah. And I actually wrote down the quote. So uh, Tammy goes, oh, so you and Ron have a big meeting. Well, I'm sure Ron will remember the meeting finally when he's making toilet wine in a federal prison in Terre Haute. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. She is a ball buster. Yeah, she doesn't let—I mean— the fact that she was, she birthed him, like she was yes. the, and was a teacher and probably has lost. She, she is foundational and has foundational power over Ron. Yeah. And yeah. she uses it constantly. I love that. And I think Ooh. Patricia just brought it. That's scary though. That is terrifying. And when I saw Ron walk in and he's all giddy in that shirt it's like, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get, we'll to get that. I, You know me. We're I, bounce, get to that. I bounce you people. Do. You Sorry. Do. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Now, Factors Fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved, which is awesome. And they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So, so good. I love this stuff. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add ons to choose from every week, you will always have new flavors to explore to help you crush your wellness goals. And let me tell you what I crush they have a smoky bacon and cheddar egg bite that is. Mm, 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 good. Mm. I tried their shakes also, and they were so good. Oh, I'm a Factor fan. Head to factormeals.com slash parksandrex50 and use code parksandrex50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code parksandrex50 at factormeals.com slash parksandrex50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. In Okay, let's continue and reopen our synopsis. We got it. Because in a B story... Tom asks Ben to look over the finances of his company, Entertainment 720. Ben discovers that Tom and John Ralphio are wasting large amounts of money on a <laughs> state-of-the-art office, giving employees high salaries with full benefits. They're paying Detlef Schrempf and Roy Hibbert, actual basketball players, <laughs> to play basketball all day despite having no income. Um, the company having no income. They ignore Ben's warnings that the company will go bankrupt. Um, and, oh my God, what a page turn. Dear God, but Tom later apologizes <laughs> to Ben after discovering that, yes, Ben was very right. That was great, Jim. Can I just cut in just for a second and say, don't ever do that again? Yes, 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 Mr. Levine. Yes. <laughs> Consider that done. No. Maybe don't be save prepared me. next time and I won't have to jump in and save your ass. <laughs> don't save me. Uh, Let me just drown in, <laughs> in my mistake. 
Um, now I have to ask because you will know, and I should know maybe, but I don't. Where the hell? And I feel like it was. I'm going to say before I even ask the question, I feel the answer is John Ralphio's father. But where the hell did the money come from to begin 720? Well, I think we find out that he got run over by a Lexus. Is that what it is? I think that's. I mean, so he it, it's, ben, it's ben injury says money. John Ralphio has gotten into some money before, and we're not going to meet. We're going to meet his father eventually in the series, right? But I'm pretty sure that in his sing song way, he said that he got run over by a Lexus. Okay, that's. That does ring a bell. Right. Yeah. And if you are going to get run over, the driver of Alexis is probably going to be able to help you. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, these kind of lawsuits, I mean, they're out there. There's billboards for them every day. Okay. So they come into whatever money they came into, which had to have been substantial. Right. Because they're saying they're giving three quarters of these basketball players' salary. Yes. And look at this place. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, massive. it's massive. Even in Pawnee, Indiana, that must there must be a significant rent and that furniture is the same anywhere like that's some nice exactly. stuff and then that pretty girl sitting there he says are you the receptionist and she's like uh. and he goes how much ben says how much are they paying you she goes a hundred thousand dollars with full benefits yes it's like, great i what want that job. world is this that sounds amazing it sounds amazing yeah yeah and where did they shoot that was it a- it was a warehouse i remember i actually went to set one day because um between seasons three and four we shot this promo, this Entertainment 720 promo that lived only online uh, for NBC.com. And I was sent to set to be one of the actors in that promo. Ah. I started as like just our Joe Schmo goes up to, it starts with John Ralphio and Tom standing there. And it's me in a in a suit saying, uh, you know, something like, you know, thank you guys so much. You made me millions of dollars. And they're like, that could be you. <laughs> and I was there that day and I was like, this place is weird and wild. Yeah. Um, but it was a fun set. I mean, so it wasn't a soundstage. It was just no. like a warehouse. Yeah, it was a big empty white warehouse. Wow. Um, I, this is pretty meta. I don't know if this was intentional, but there's that joke where John Ralphio tells Ben he needs a better name. Yes. It's a great little Easter egg because John Ralphio was telling Ben he needs a better name when in fact John Ralphio is played by a real life Ben. He's saying, you need a better name than Ben. Well, Ben Schwartz is a Ben. He's a Ben Schwartz. And I love that bit of like, you need a better... He just goes into it. It's the same John Ralphio energy we saw in the fight in the episode previous season at the bar where um, he's making up all those rhymes for people. He just... It's, let me ask, because people have heard me say it, and, and Ben has heard me say this, and he says I have to stop saying it because he's embarrassed, but I'm going to say it again, Ben, if you're listening. He's a genius. Um, I think he's a improv genius. It, believe me, I, I've i been gifted to work with a lot of amazing improv people. Ben is a level of his own. I really feel like he's special. And um, so did he, was he just rapping on his own or was he... Given these lines, like what? There's, uh, you know, um, there's stuff for every act. For John Ralphio, specifically, and with Ben, there's stuff in the script, and you also know it's going to spark this idea in Ben. Right, in his head. So that's in script, but you don't know what Ben and the writer and that moment on stage is going to actually do. So there's always stuff that you get surprised by when Ben Schwartz shows up. I totally agree. Yeah, but I just didn't know, like, is it literally, will it be just like, just let Ben do his thing? Well, yeah, there are definitely those moments. And that's the beauty, I think, of we've talked about this ad nauseum now, but the Parks and Rec fun run. Yes. Where you yes. get the script as written, the writer runs in new lines, director runs in some stuff. But then at that point, you say, guys, let's do one for fun. Yeah. Stick at least to the storyline. Get Make sure you get the important beats, but have some fun. And when you have comedy geniuses like Amy... And anyone else you can think of? Like, Amy, let me think, like uh, Rashida. Rashida, yeah, hey, Rashida. And Adam and, and, Aziz. and um, Aziz. Adam. I think Chris Pratt. Chris, of course, so funny. Yeah. Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey, so funny, yeah. Um, Red. Red is, oh my God, so funny. And um, then... Um, oh, and oh, uh, and oh, Rob Lowe. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, Rob. Yeah. Um, um, boy, who's left? Uh, ben Schwartz. Wow, well, he wasn't really a, a cast member, but... <laughs> so what I also love about wow, this episode... What I also love about this episode... Well, pay me more to promote <laughs> you. <laughs> um, there's a great moment at 10 minutes and 37 seconds, if you're watching this on Peacock, when Ben hits the button thinking it'll shut down the printing press. First of all, the printing press. The printing, yeah, the money. Printing money. Printing money. Um, but it's the party switch. It's so, this is a, 
how do I describe? This is like you know um, a little like slot machine. This 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 office. It's like oh, there's the like beeps and whistles and <laughs> lights going off, and you never know, and you don't know if you've won or lost every time you play. But when you show up in the Entertainment 720 office, you're like, is this the kill switch, or if I accidentally cause disco lights to drop from the? <laughs> it's great. That's a great analogy. And obviously, Ben hit that button, and the dancing begins. Yes. yes. Uh, even even the basketball players that left, they're all dancing. It was in those women, and of course, all the women are gorgeous and young and attractive, and yeah, yeah, that is a party. And they have no, their brains, they just have no concept of what's happening. I love the stupidity of it. Yeah, yeah. I love the stupidity of it. Well, in our synopsis, because we also have, you know, this is a Tammy episode, and we got to get back to Tammy 1. We do. Tammy 1 is horrified at Ron's record keeping and demands access to every part of his life for the audit. Her strict maternal nature intimidates everyone into following her orders, which impresses April. Over the course of the next week, Tammy One moves back in with Ron and assumes mm. complete control over him. Ron shaves off his mustache, like we talked about, becomes kind. First of all, becomes kind. He's a kind guy, but he becomes a different kind of kind. Yes. Um, he becomes, a, let's face it, he's a wimp. Yeah, like a very vanilla it, kind. Yes, yeah. yes, very much. And he refuses to do anything without Tammy One's approval. Oh. Leslie needs the Ron she's used to in order to succeed at the Battle Royale. So she confronts Tammy One about the audit. Tammy One admits the audit is fake. Yeah. And that she had decided to take Ron back after learning about all the gold he had. I'm going to pause for a second. Oh, I'm going to jump in with this thought. Don't pause. This is a podcast. Is a podcast. We do need to in keep fact, speaking. Those I'm at sorry home, for those listening yeah, at home. Those at home, don't pause with me. <laughs> Listen. Tammy's have such power over Ron. It is so funny to see these people, but they, I mean, Ron Swanson's a great character. They are deeply obsessed with him in some way. Yeah. It tickles me. I, I can't put it into words. It just, it tickles me. And in a way, congrats, Ron. Oh, hell yeah. You know what I mean? Congrats, Ron, that there are these people who want something from you so much. Yeah. I think he's. Uh, I bring. I think he's bringing the pound in, people. Okay. I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna say it. Okay. I think Ron is. Uh, I think he's bringing the good stuff. Okay. And I'm gonna say this. I can handle. Yeah. Ron with Tammy, two. Ooh. Way better than I can handle Ron with Tammy one, because Tammy two, it's more guttural mm. and it's dirtier. And I, I don't know. Maybe that's where I go. But Tammy... It's a podcast after dark over here. This really has taken quite a turn. Anyway, when he is um, with Tammy, one, I'm just so creeped yeah. out by the milk toast. Yeah, yeah. And, and Amy's like, we have to have lunch. He calls Tammy to see if he can have lunch. And then he goes, she says I can't. She says I can't. Ah, yeah, I know, I know. That is I know. crazy. Yeah, this is a guy who, gets, who pretty much says, no, I believe in this thing and I'm going to stand by that forever. Yes. And here he says... Just getting lunch with a colleague. And a, uh, Leslie, I mean, his, his... No, I know, but like that, as simple as that is, like I, this, a colleague of mine wants to get lunch. I'm going to call my oh, girlfriend, pretty worst. much my partner, to be like, can I do that? Yeah, and then I'm going to jump to something because they do have a lunch and then she ends up showing up, uh, Tammy won. But here's what I want to call out. And I want people to go back and take a look at this episode and maybe you'll correct me if I'm wrong. It looked to me like in front of Leslie was a salad. Now, I don't want to bring what? this whole podcast down to a screeching halt. Okay. I don't want to take this whole no, show this is, down. Again, you did this, this is a podcast, so you don't want people to stop. Yes, or, I don't or want to stop. halted or sculpted. Uh, but I don't want to destroy the whole seven seasons of Parks. Yeah. But it looked to me yeah. like there was a greenish type of food in front of Leslie. Mm. And that bothered me. Deeply. Just saying. Yeah, it yeah. Deeply no, bothered. it's a problem. I don't, because I, I think we're, we're why did we let that happen? Do you know how um, there have been some movies uh, in which the directors, like Steven Spielberg has gone in with E.T. and he changed all the uh, the government agents from holding guns to like walkie-talkies. He didn't want the idea of guns in that movie anymore. Ah, There's certain things he lived on, like I wish I can change it. George Lucas has done that with some Star Wars movies and I'm sure there are others. It feels like what you're saying and I think you're right about it. 
we need to do that here. Yeah, we need to put a big we old batch put, of waffles. You, oh, I thought you were gonna, we need to put a walkie-talkie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes, let's just do a Spielberg. Let's do a Spielberg. Yes. You okay. can only replace with walkie-talkie. Let's put yes. Let's put some waffles, some sugar, some yeah. whipped cream. I love that. Right. I'm not against that at all. But anyway, it, it, it bothered me a little. No, I no. Must I, say. And maybe someone else would look at it and go, "No, that's a plate of something." To me. It looked green. It almost looked like there were green beans in it. And and I was, right. here's a fancy word. I was nonplussed. Oh. Look it up, people. Nonplussed? I'm very, oh. Enchanté. Um, Enchanté. Well, we talked about, it, it It was fun to pitch on. And I say like it was, it was not me. It was, it was the writing staff. It was fun to pitch on what Tammy One's magical witchcraft spell over Ron was going to be like, right? It's compared to that sex crazy version, version of, of Tammy too, <laughs> yes. and it made sense to make him this neutered man. Well, it's totally opposite. Like this, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Especially since we're going to soon meet Ron's mom, right? The original Tammy. It's fun to picture, like, okay, if Tammy too makes him this extreme animalistic beast, what is the opposite of that, right? What is this like neutered babe in a way? Is yeah. is is the Ron with Tammy one? That to me is the brilliance of it. Yeah. He can be so manipulated in different ways by these crazy And women. that's why Tammy 2 is scared of her, right? The fact that Tammy 2 at the end of uh, season three, three yeah. she wants to get the oh, hell away from Tammy, Tammy 1's one. and she's out. Yeah, she's, she's gone. I got to get away from this lady. <laughs> I love that. Well, and also, I love when they do see, when they do hook up with Tammy 2 uh, to try to get her to help. And she just looks at, at, at uh, Andy. Oh, oh, what's yeah. up with this tall yeah, drink of water? Help it. She just—I mean, she just can't. She is. God bless her. God bless that man-eating something. Well, in our synopsis, because we have the sea story, and which is so fun. It's so fun because we have Anne and Chris filming a quick public service announcement. I say quick because it doesn't—it doesn't go quickly. A quick public service amount, announcement about diabetes, but the overly enthusiastic Chris spends all day doing countless takes making Anne wonder why she even dated him in the first place. This little story is interesting. It lives on this weird little island, right? It's like we have Anne in the public health office now. We get to do um, work stories with her. We also have spent a lot of time with she and Chris in storylines when they were dating. Mm -hmm. It's fun now to see Anne and Chris in this new light, but it's it's this weird little story. Like, it could have been slotted into any other any episode. episode. It had nothing to do with the other storylines. There was happens. no acknowledgement even. But that happens in writing where you have this A story, you have this main story that really tickles you and you're like, this is our story. And then you also have, like in this case, we had this Entertainment 720 arc about, about five or six episodes long and we need to service that in every episode. And then you're like, who's left over? And this yeah. happens a lot. You'd, be, you'd have these storylines and there would be a little group of writers who would say, okay, your task is come up with, pitch on like 30, 20, 30 different ideas of a storyline that involve these people who just didn't make it in this episode into one of the first two stories. And then you get moments like this. And in this case, it was Anne and Chris. Yeah. Um, and so I, I say all that to say that I loved getting to see the looks that Rashida gave about uh, Chris Traeger, this character who she fell deeply for, who had she had like a like a early midlife crisis about, yeah. right? Who she dyed her hair over him after all this stuff. It's so funny to be like, I dated that guy. Yeah, it's so it's so intense. It's oh. it's it made me think about the in just in the in in dating in life in romance where you find this person, you fall for them, and you love all these idiosyncrasies about them, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I, love, I know where you're headed. I yes. love the way they do this. I love, oh my God, I love this with the way they, you know, they twirl their hair or they ask for um, more cheese at the restaurant or whatever right. that is. And then you break up with them or it ends, you break up with them, they break up with you, whatever. It's over. And all the things that used to be like, this is why I love you are the things that are like, these, this is why I can't stand if you. If he asks for one more piece of cheese, I'll yes. effing You're kill him. You're just over it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, it, it fascinates me. It, but also, like, yeah. he is very much, because he, I, I don't know the classic definition of a narcissist, but when you think of a narcissist, it's someone who's very self-involved. And that very much is Chris, but he's also very kind. Mm. He doesn't want to hurt people's feelings and stuff. So I don't know, is he technically... Would you say he's a narcissist or is that too big of a word for I him? I don't know. I think he has narcissistic tendencies. Tendencies. Yeah, I think that's probably the way to go. 
Yeah. I'm but, not Dr. Richard Nygaard. Ex- well, Chris yes. Traeger's eventual therapist, therapist to and, be able to analyze that. <laughs> we all need a Nygaard. Yeah. But when Anne presents him with this idea, he is immediately on board to yes. the point where, well, where's the script? And she's like, well, I just asked you. Like, what? I didn't even know if you were going to do this. Yeah. But he's go, 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 go. And within an hour, they're gone. Yeah. And it goes and it goes. And God bless Anne because she's ready to kill him. Oh, yeah. And, and, I love how he's so intense that, you know, that there's a moment where he winds up listing the Spice Girls because he's so excited to be in the PSA. He he gets caught up in his own thoughts. He references uh, the phrase magic. It's magic time, which is what Jack Lemmon would say (laughs) quite often before doing a take. It's just... And he screams, he goes, let's go, people. And they cut to Anne. It's just me. There's nobody else here. He has created a whole world in his head. Yes. Oh, so funny though. It's so funny. And when he's so intense and we can't forget the reason he's doing this is because the old guy who was his counterpart before or was doing this was 46 years old and had to retire because of diabetes, diabetes yeah. and other terrible things. And, and, uh, and Chris is very much like, well, that's too bad, but this makes perfect sense in this town. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, and that guy, we should, um, we should talk about Mike Sure, if he were here, would want us to call out names like this. The name of the guy in the video that they're talking about with adult onset diabetes, Walt Morfling. <laughs> okay. Tell us how, how does that name come up? Because well, I, I know Mike is known for his yes. names. So is he someone who did that, or is, do you think that's a pitch? Well, eventually it becomes a thing where the writers know the names are gonna be this way, right? Yes. They're gonna be silly and silly billies. And so you wind up, I don't know if it's Mike's name, Walt Morfling, but it got to the point where it clearly was that these other people, these other characters are going to have weird names. And it's twofold. I want to call oh, speak about two things. One is it tickled Mike in the room that when you'd go on IMDb or wherever to look at a list of credits of an actor, you, you know, especially character actors who jump around from so many things and yeah. they, they fill out the space of these movies and shows, you'd see like Man 2 or Arresting Officer, right? Or, you know, um, Charging Nurse or whatever that is. These just, and so it was like first, or they'd be like Helen, Sue, right, Daniel, yeah. Mike, just names, yeah. just yeah. human names. And it's funny to think about, or Walt Morflin, <laughs> or, you know, Fiona Lurpus, yes. or there's one character, Judy Zapazapazapazapaz, which is just Zappos. The company backwards and forwards twice. Oh my! God. Um, and it's just and and so you get to be like, here you are, your arresting officer two, your nurse three, your Walt Morfling. Yeah. Who? Wow! I will tell you after Parks, after Parks was over, and then life goes on, and you start getting other jobs. Um, you know, I was always pretty blessed before Parks. You know, I, I did a lot of guest spots and all this kind of stuff. Well, then Parks ends, and then it becomes where. You know, we'd get a call. Would Jim be doing, mm. would he, you know, you get a lot of offers rather than having to fight for every job, which was a gift and, and still a gift and amazing. But if it said, like, the character was husband too. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, because if, if it was a good role, I was still into it. But I'm like, they got to give him a name. They got to right. give him a name. I, don't, I, don't, I just don't want to. I wanna, don't do anything but names. I, want, I have to have a name. And your character your character on Parks had like 30,000 30, names. But names. Yeah, of course exactly. you need a name. But I need it. So now I need names. Yeah, yes. I get it. Because ha- if you look up on my IMDb, <laughs> there's over 200 credits. Anyway, the, um, I, I digress. No, that's int- no it yeah, didn't feel like you were digressing. Yeah, no, I digress. No, but um, please, early on, husband, mechanic, uh, cleaner, uh, yeah, like yeah. no names. Yeah. So now I have to have a name. Well, I, I, one of the things, speaking of names and Mike Shore, which is that I remember in the early days of the creation of Parks and the naming of characters, like first of all, Leslie Nope, it sounds like a comedy name, right? Yeah. It is. It's a, yeah. But it's stuck and it makes sense. The longer you hear something, the more normal it is. There was this other thing where the character of Mark Brandanowitz that name, I remember Mike and Greg, but Mike talking about, well, that's what people's last names are like. You don't have like Mark Hunters. You're sure you have Mark Hunters and you, have, you don't have Mark Smith. I'm sure you have Mark Smith. But you also have people who have names like Brandanowitz. Yes. You have last... Yes. 
the Wojciechowskis. Human, yeah, the, yes. these names are out there. Yeah, the 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 lexicon of surnames is is extreme. Yeah, and it, he's like, yeah, but you could have a Leslie Nope and an Ann Perkins and a Andy Dwyer and a Mark Brendanowitz, and those are all human names. And yes. I think that was the the um, the seed that eventually became how we got to Walt Morfling and Judy Sapasapas. Well, I love it. If that was the seed, I love it because I love how they got there. Uh, can I jump back? Because I feel like we, I had yeah. written myself a yeah. note that I wanted to bring up yes. earlier in the episode. Aziz goes to Ben to say, you know, ask him to get help with 720. Yeah. It, it kind of broke my heart because Aziz sat down and Ben thought, we have this friendship. Yeah. And it really, and it really, I got to tell you, I got, oh, hell, because Aziz was using him, you know, and, 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 they it all become stronger as time goes on, but it broke my heart for Ben mm. when he realizes, oh, this is just. You need my brain. You need my brain. But I do love when he realizes the form that he wants him to look up, he really enjoys doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was good. But it, I don't know. It kind of broke my heart. And then the other, there's another episode, which, you know, we'll get to where, you know, when Ben is having just a. A sad time. I don't know if it's Adam, his performance, whatever, but he breaks my heart. Mm. And this that really hit me when Aziz was just using him and he caught on. Oh yeah, I felt bad. I know. I I think yes. One of my favorite ways uh, the you know Adam's characters and Ben specifically these little moments, right? That like, and he was really good at milking like the anxiety, the stress, the disappointment, the shock. Yes, and you know, in small moves, in small moves, and also every character. Choose chose uh, how often they would acknowledge camera. He did it a lot. I rarely did it. Right. Um, Pratt did it a lot. Like everyone did it different, but the way he did it was always just, it was perfect. I know. I don't know. I think everyone found their groove with the camera. I hope things work out for him. I He's hope it have works out. Yeah, career, you never know. You yeah. never know. He's just making, you know, claymation movies, I guess, somewhere <laughs> in a basement. Well, three second claymation <laughs> movie. We'll get there. So, in our synopsis, Leslie asks Ron's second ex-wife, Tammy, too, mm. Megan Mullally, for help. But even she is scared of Tammy One after Tammy One attacked her with acid. Acid. Dear acid. God. Who has acid lying around? Oy. They decide. Well, this isn't like a Batman villain like backstory here. They decide to ask Ron's survivalist mother, Tamara, Paula Pell, nicknamed Tammy, or Tammy Zero, for help. Tammy Zero challenges Tammy One to a prairie drink-off of highly alcoholic Swanson family mash liquor. But Tammy Zero says Ron will return to the farm forever if she wins. Leslie enters the drinking contest to save Ron from his mother and his ex-wife, but the liquor immediately makes her too drunk to continue. So Ron, finally fed up with people controlling him and moved by his friend standing up for him, chugs the jug Chugs the jug. That's chugs the jug. Chugs the jug dry and tells both Tammies to leave him alone. Well, first of all, Tammy Zero manipulated Leslie because Leslie did not know Tammy had plans to bring Ron back home. Right. She thinks I found I found Ron's bomb. She's going to help she, us. She's going to be great. I mean, she's this. No, but she's a Tammy, Jim. If there's a Tammy in Ron's life, yes. they're going to use him. But not lose him or abuse not him. Not lose him, yeah. And actually, I'm going to say she wouldn't have. It wouldn't have been Pound Town for her mm. that I had I mentioned think, earlier. I really I'm appreciate you clarifying. <laughs> I thought that I don't know. To be I don't know up. if that needed clarification. <laughs> I think it did. Okay. I truly think it did. Uh, I was on set. I got to be there when this battle happened, and it was amazing. Number one, because I love Paula Pell. And I had known her, so that is lovely. Whenever you know someone on set who's also just someone you're just a big fan of. And then here comes Patricia Clarkson, who is Patricia Clarkson. So, like, I'm in awe of her. Like, it, it was just really one of those great days on set. Uh, poor Nick had to drink a lot of water. Yeah. Um, it's just the nature of the beast. Uh, I would have loved to have been able to do that because there's something, I don't know if it's, I don't know. It's probably showing off. I don't know. But I would love to prove that, yes, I could drink that whole jug. Oh, I oh, could do that. Yeah. Jim O'Hare could do that. You mean the jug of alcohol? The jug of alcohol, even though it's not alcohol. No, I understand. But I mean, yeah. yeah. But um, anyway, that was a, that was one of those days on set where you're just like, what is going yeah, on? Is How that. am I here? How am I 
like in yeah. this group of people. And then Amy being so, excuse my language, fucking brilliant with the drunk I know, her drunk cracks me up. Oh my God. Gosh, well, the way you describe that set that day, it's kind of like um, like describing like a fever dream to be like, so I was just, I was on the set of Parks and Recreation. Yes. And you know, it's really crazy, but like, of course, Amy Poehler was there, but like Paula Pell, I mean, you know, Paula, <laughs> Paula Pell was there. And I, this is going to sound really, really fucking weird, but like, Patricia Clarkson was, <laughs> was there. also there, and yes. Like, this is a fever dream. You're describing a weird <laughs> yes, dream. This couldn't be really, yeah, this, this couldn't happen. Yeah. yeah, so those kind of days. And, and the gift of Parks was that there were so many of those days. Yeah, yeah. So many of those days. But this was a really, really fun one. And the fun one was off the charts. It was ridiculous. Um, these fun runs, you know, we've all, all I've heard all of us say it. Because people are like, it looks like you guys are improving most of the show. No, 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 no. The writing is so strong. That's mostly what makes the, the the cut. And also the fun runs would last 20 minutes for one scene that's going to get three yeah. on air. Um, but that was a, it was an exceptionally fun day, a oh, really wow. fun day. And me, as Jerry, just got to sit back and watch. Yeah, you no, know? I don't have, a, I have no agency uh, in this. I just get to be a fun observer of exactly. comedy brilliance. In exactly. Act. And uh, I know you wrote it down in the notes, but Amy with the, Pants, pants, pants. Oh, everybody pants, pants now. Pants, pants, pants. Everybody pants, pants. pants now. Is that oh, not one of the great Leslie drunk moments? Oh, my God. Well, first of all, there's many no, yes. great Leslie. Because, you know, they'll tell you, doing drunk, acting drunk is not easy. Because people immediately just think they're going to do this. Well, it's really not just that. No, I can tell. Look at you. Oh, no, I don't think I do it well. I, <laughs> I will admit that. Uh, Amy has nailed it. Yeah, Amy has figured yeah. it out. Yeah, it's... Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I also like, especially when she does it with another person who's like when she and and Rashida are drunk in the in fight fighting, or yes. in the pilot, uh, when they're in her office celebrating the, you know, the committee being formed. And it's really fun to see that energy. It's a fun it, it be also because Leslie's character like lets go of that that those inhibitions, that that that, that thing that she's building to be like a certain type of person. Yes. She's just silly. Yeah, just silly. She's just, you know. You talked, Jim, about um, Nick having to drink all that water, that jug. Let's talk about that moment because if you go on watch this episode on Peacock to 20 minutes, 10 seconds, I know you can't see this, guys, but I have this still up here for us to look at. And it is Nick, it's Ron, holding the jug in this way where he picks it up in a certain way. He lifts it. He he like He's holding it between two fingers, but instead of putting it up to his mouth and turning he flips it the opposite direction and he almost like he is a human like um like water dispenser right where you're yeah. going to go to the office to get someone and he holds it and he drinks the, why does he do that is because that the way to do it you drink a jug that I was watching it. This, says, well, that, you dude, heard it. that's how you drink the, the thing. jug. It's how Today's you drink, episode of Parks and Rec. <laughs> it's how you drink a jug with one hand. Otherwise he would have had to hold it. This is a heavy jug. He would have had to do this. You do this, the weight ends up on your wrist, and then you can do that. You've jugged before. I have, dude. Let me tell you a couple of things about Jim O'Hare. He's shockingly good looking, number one. Mm. Uh, humble. Humble is all hell. No, but in college, and I'm not saying I'm proud of any of this, but I was the fraternity chugger. Mm. And I can tell you, I know how to hold a jug. And whether it was beer or grain alcohol or whatever the hell else was in that, God knows mm. what went in my gullet. <laughs> but that is how you hold a jug. Wow. So I'm guessing Nick had either experienced that himself. Yeah. Because it's about the weight. It's all about the weight. And it's a better camera angle rather than yeah. him doing this. We have him just with the one arm, camera's I feel stupid now for yeah, not knowing. Well, you are. Does that also you tell are. you a bit about my lack of being like the fraternity or campus chugger, like I was the like I'm gonna I'm gonna have some tea and talk about Ooh, film. I didn't have much tea. Yeah, I did not have at yeah. 11:30 when class was out. We were at the bar, and I'm not not saying it's what anyone should do or whatever, but this is what happened. Mm. You know, I'm yeah. like rushing home to watch episodes of The West Wing, and you're like, "Where's the wow. nearest tap?" Wow. But my point being, Listen, he did Jim. it exactly he how he should have done. And I'm proud of him, and I'm proud of us for and Just so him. we know, what they were drinking, Ron literally says, we use it to burn warts off mules. Right. 
That's what they were drinking. What a specific thing to to create then, yeah. right? It's like we need, we need to spend time creating this liquor, and here's what we're gonna do with it. We're gonna, we're gonna burn. burn it's them. so awful that it can burn off warts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, good for them. Yes. I mean, they, they, well, listen, this episode is chock full of there's, yeah. There's a, a million lot of, other things we so haven't even stuff, touched, on. and we're not yeah. going to be able to talk about all yeah. of this, but. Little moments like that, little moments like the way he holds the jug to the way April reacts to Tammy one walking in to just the little looks Rashida gives um, about how crazy Chris is to Ben's little looks to camera about Tom asking. Yeah. These little moments in this episode tickle me a lot. They really, I, I, I love that this world now is so fertile to have these moments that, as little a moment like that will make you laugh and be as pleased as the fact that Ron walks in one day in the office, like wearing a, you know, a, like a a sweater from like Old Navy and just yes. happy-go-lucky. Like big comedy moments are as fun to me as these little comedy moments. But I also think it's the reason why people keep watching. There's so many moments you miss and there's always something new. And that's the perfect example. Like if you really just study Ben in this episode... There's so many great Ben, little Ben moments that are worth repeat. Well, I think this is a wonderful episode. All the Tammy episodes are wonderful episodes. They get, you know, we really showcase the fun of Ron's character in these episodes. Um, and any final thoughts from you about it? Uh, I do have my list of things that crap we didn't get to. Oh, yeah. And there's a, a couple, but one, just one that really struck out when, when uh, Leslie takes her first sip of the of the hooch. Oh, yeah. And she just goes, poison. Poison. Just the way she says it. And then when she tells Ron that he's going to go to jail because of the tax audit. Right. Jail, Ron. J- jail, jail. Ron, jail. you're going to go to jail. <laughs> jail, 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 Ron. Jail, jail. Um, and again, these are just things when I watch it, it just, they make me laugh so hard. Anyway, so I, and that could go on and on because I, I. Well, we should do that more often, Jim. We should do, we have to have a segment at the end. Where, like, crap, the crap that we, we didn't get to. The crap we didn't get to. Yeah. Which, yeah. Our episode MVP, our most valuable pony, and who's yours? Well, for me, this one was easy. Yeah. Uh, Ron Swanson, Nick Offerman. Yeah. Uh, the the, And again, you've heard me say it, so I'm saying it again, how Nick was never given the opportunity to win an Emmy for this role. He's doing things that no one, another character has hadn't, certainly wasn't on television at the time. And just the performance of being, being the Ron that we know to now being this, oh my God, just... This horribly uncomfortable yeah. nerd, like wimpy little. It's it's hard to watch, but it's wonderful mm-hmm. to watch mm-hmm. in, as far as performance goes. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it, it's Nick for the win. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, it's easy for me to say Nick as well, and I, and I will, but I'll also say that without the fun, weird Tammies that each Tammy episode brings sure. to to create that. So in here, I'll be like, let's give it also to Patricia Clarkson whose character was fun to create, but who brought this other level to it to bring out this new Tom, this new Tom, this new Ron for us to see. Very valid. And you know what, listeners, those listening to us, let us know who your MVP is by tweeting at Team Coco Podcast or by using the hashtag, hashtag Parks and Recollection. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. town hall we need to do a town hall we okay. need to talk about this episode and 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 hear from other people what they think of this episode 
Um, and should we do the town hall? Where? Where, Jim? Where does wow. the town hall be? This is an episode that spends a lot of time in the office, except for... 720. 720. Uh, you know what? 720 is a party atmosphere. I say we do the town hall at 720. That's great. Because most town halls are parties. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. All right. So let's go to the Entertainment 720 offices and open our town hall. Because today's question comes from Riley, who says, My now husband refused to watch Parks and Rec because he didn't like The Office. Well, first of all, what the fuck's that about? What is that about? Like, yes. Let's just talk about that. Let's end the question and be like, we have to do a deep dive. <laughs> Move on from yeah, here. What is up with your husband? Your there are divorce lawyers husband. out there. Get one on the phone. Yeah. Well, okay. Didn't like The Office. Fascinating. But yeah. I eventually got him hooked with season four, episode two, Ron and Tammy's. Jim, that's what we're talking about that right now. That's what we're here for. It was the old-fashioned prairie drink-off and Leslie yelling, poison, oh, that won him over. Absolutely. A few years later, we got married. Congrats. In true Parks and Rec fashion with a fancy dinner party and a ceremony full of quotes <laughs> from our favorite show. Awesome. What if the ceremony was just poison over and over again? Or or like Ron, uh, uh, jail, jail husband, jail. <laughs> jail, uh, jail right. Okay, jail, our jail. question is this. How did non-traditional weddings become a theme in the Pawnee universe? They made sense for the characters and within the story, but what was the conversation both in the writer's room and on set like for these events? Well, I'm going to put that to you then because to me to it just then. made sense for the characters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what did go on in the... Well, we talked about this a bit when we did uh, the episode about the uh, uh, Andy and April's Fancy Party episode um, about the writer's retreat that we tend to do at the beginning of every season just to talk blue sky ideas about um, where we wanted to take the characters. And someone pitched in that on that retreat, what if they got married? What if Andy and April got married? And, you know, the first reactions, I think, were some being like, that's hysterical too. That doesn't make sense. We can't rush it to let's enjoy this romance blossom According, yeah. to these <clears throat> characters would do this. That's why it does work. And I think that is where we landed. These characters would do that. In fact, they're going to have a run where they talk about, let's get divorced and get married all over again. Right? right? They just, <laughs> they, they don't care what is traditional about tradition, yeah. right? But I will tell you, I, because I know you guys did this episode before I was here, which, <laughs> garbage. Anyway, um, I cried on set when Aubrey, April, was walking down the aisle to Mary Pratt. Mm. It was so emotional. It was so right for those characters, even though Leslie was 100% right. Don't get married. What are you doing? You're kids. But everything she said was right until you see it happening. And you go, these two crazos, mm -hmm. this is perfect. Mm -hmm. And I, I truly got emotional that day. It was, a, it was amazing. So Riley and your now husband... That's it. That's it. Because you can love it no matter what. You can enjoy it if you know the characters. You can enjoy the weirdness if you're just in the mood for a comedy episode. And this this show was about doing things that broke the mold, right? There's a Galentine's Day. This is a day about celebrating <laughs> your, your female friendships the day before this traditional Hallmark kind of holiday. That's why we do things like that because it fits in the universe. Yep. So I'm so glad that you got to love it and be inspired to then put a little bit of that into your wedding. Thank you, Riley. Thank you, Riley, and you're now a husband. Yeah. And if you people have questions for us about these uh, episodes, about the series, you want to know from Jim, like, what's your favorite, I don't know, movie? I have a couple. Well, let's, sure. let's see if someone asks us about see, it. Ask for you. I'll, I'll give you the answer. Open book. Write these in your reviews for us because you should be giving us five-star reviews wherever you're listening because we're five stars. We're five-star You star should be level. fighting that you want more than five. You should be contacting the places going, I want to be able to give more than five stars. We have a show that breaks the mold. They need more than <laughs> they five need stars. need stars. Text this episode to your group chat. Give us reviews. Thank you to our team. Thank you to our engineer, Joe Samuel. Thank you Joe. to our... Joe. Joe. Sean Doherty, our producer. Sean. Jim O'Hare, the guy who they somehow brought in to sit across <laughs> from me. Jim. Who doesn't really know what's going yeah. on. Jim. <laughs> Yay. Jim. 
I'm glad they got the ankle brace off you for this. <laughs> well, it's going back on. We have mints in it over the weekend. Go ahead. Jim, this go is so ahead. fun. This is our second episode together. And I'm wow. like, God, there's going to be so like more. Oh, my God. Years. <laughs> I know. Really. Well, from all of us here at Parks and Recollection, goodbye from Punny. Bye. This has been a Team Coco production. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.